0: The relationship with the fans, we had an owner who had a reputation for being cheap. Public relations wasn't uh, his forte.
1: We'll bring up a cool down situation, and here comes Neil O'Donohue. the moment, he's not the most popular player in St. Louis, because he's had some trouble.
2: This is the story of Corny, the last Irishman in the NFL. Brought to you by Go Loud.
1: 30-yard attempt for Neil O'Donohue to tie it up at 17. Episode
0: 4, 4th quarter, The Future. The management of the team didn't have a good relationship with the fans, but the fans loved the players.
3: Didn't know whether I want to continue because I'd gone to the pressure at Buffalo and, and uh, Tampa Bay. So I decided, to, uh, you know, I'd give it a shot.
1: O'Donoghue oh, is now much more popular in St. Louis. Because he just tied the game at 17 with 7.22
3: left to play in the third quarter. It uh, worked out. One of the fortunate things up there, I was with a, uh, you know, Coach Jim Hannifin, who was one of the first head coaches that I ran into that, you know, really looked out for place kicker. So he didn't put the pressure on you. He said, uh, you know, you know what you have to do.
1: Well, Donnie, you will try and win it for the Cardinals.
3: You're going to make it, you're going to miss a few, but... You just hang in there with you, you're my guy.
0: You know, he stuck by me. Yeah, he was correct. In 1884, Neil won uh, three or four games on last second kicks.
4: We can live with misses. Kickers will talk about this. We can live with misses. This is Tig Leader, founder of Leader Kicking. You're not going to hit all of them. Not everyone hits all of them. I guess it's it's part and parcel of the life of a kicker especially over many years that that, that this happens and and again it's it's just about mentally trusting yourself and not trying to change a huge amount of things that when you do get the next opportunity obviously in a game winner you're not going to get another shot but when you get the next shot on a Tuesday morning with the team or this next Sunday you keep that sense of trust in who you are why you're there and remembering why you're there because you're elite you're brought in because you're your world class at this skill and you know leaning on that and then leaning on your process so that's I think what the the best kickers do and um, you know your family needs to, to get on you pretty quickly just to make sure you're okay I mean I think it's reasonable to expect your teammates to do the exact same um, but unfortunately that doesn't always happen for everything you do it's, it's, it's key that you have the right people around you to get you through those moments especially on the back of a miskick kick but obviously Neil was able to, to deal with it and to find a way to keep moving forward
3: I felt like I was in a good place at that time. If I can get my goal, maybe get five, six, seven years out of it, that was that was what I wanted. And ultimately, I think when you put your mind to a target, sometimes you get to it and then you kind of say, okay, what do I do now, you know? You know, that goes back to Ireland, you know, growing up. You know, my mother always said that you always, you never give up. You always go for a little bit more, you know, go beyond what you think you can do. You know, if you go to buy a house, buy a more expensive one will make you stress make you work for it. You know, the old Irish way. That's you never lose that. You know, that's the way I felt like. If I get one year, maybe I can get two. You know, three, four every year. I was getting more in my pension. You know, you don't think of it at the time, but that's the way I approached it. Okay, maybe if I can get ten years in, I can, you know, have a hell of a pension. You know, so that was part of it. My thinking. This
0: is Bob Underwood. He had a very good season in 1984. It came down to the last game of the year in Washington, and if the Cardinals won, they would have won the division. They would have made the playoffs.
3: The task at hand for the St. Louis Cardinals as they entered
1: Washington's RFK Stadium was simple in its implication, yet difficult in its execution. Defeat the Redskins on their home field and thus win the NFC Eastern
3: Division Championship. History was not on the Cardinals' side. They had won in Washington only once in their last nine games at RFK so they could be excused for
1: feeling that there were redskins everywhere. Jeff Reinbold, that day, he kicks four. Cardinals have a chance to take the lead. There is still a lot of time left, however, six minutes, 15 seconds. O'Donoghue to try to break the tie. You know, puts his team in a position to have an opportunity to keep it close and go on and win the game in the fourth quarter. The Cardinals, for the first time today, have taken the lead. Boy, they have really hung in there. Arnold's ahead by one 6.15 left to play and then Mark Mosley hits one 37 yards out is Mosley he's been good from that distance and from 21 already good snap it's good Mosley hits it when you remember his NFL career most people will remember him for kicks that he missed as opposed to the hundreds and hundreds of kicks that he made now the pressure on the kicker moves to the other side of the field. Now it goes to let This crowd, everybody on their feet streaming. O'Donohue. They look like he's exercising, but I think he's praying. They need approximately 23 more yards to get in O'Donohue's range.
0: You know, what's interesting is a lot of kicks, you know, when the kicker comes in to make the kick, the clock isn't running. And sometimes the other team will call a timeout just before the kicker kicks the ball, just to ice him, you know, and make the kicker just stand around and think about that kick. You know, they, they played mind games. Uh, this kick in 1984, it really wasn't that way. It, it happened so fast.
1: Neil O'Donoghue, on whom shoulder it looks like the pressure will ultimately fall, is from Ireland. He went to school in Auburn. It's been on the NFL eight years. It came up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Cardinals had to try the field goal from here, it would be from 55 yards out. They'd certainly like to have O'Donohue a little bit closer.
3: I felt like I was ready to kick it. You know,
0: uh, we're running out of time. The clock was running. Uh, We're out of timeouts. The offense had to run off the field. Neil and the kicking team runs on the field. They're trying to set up, line up, all in 30 seconds, you know, with the clock running.
1: They're going to have to hurry. Rich Gallant tracking down. 13 seconds on the clock.
3: So you can't stop the clock. You're running on there. Everything was such a such fast pace, you know. It wasn't, you didn't have a usual time to to think about it, to, to do it.
1: They're going to have to hurry. Eight seconds. They have too many men on the field. Six seconds
3: get from the sideline to set up the field goal of have everybody, you know, everybody, you know, ready to go. For the five yards that we got out of it, it wasn't worth it, you know.
1: They got him off. He got it off. It's no good.
0: They snapped the ball maybe one second to go in the game and Neal missed it wide. He really had no time to think before he made that kick.
3: In the locker room, I think I was respected. Of course, of course, I felt bad, you know, but uh, we felt like we had a good year. Um, Looking forward to the following year, time to go home and just move on, you know. Yeah, the misses hurt, but that's part of the game. You know, you have to, you take the good with the bad and then how you come back after those misses. You know, if you come back, great. If you don't, if you let it affect you, you're not going to be around
0: too long. One thing about Neil is he always had a great attitude. He faced the media after every game. You see a lot of players like that. If they have a bad game, the coach protects them or the the player will leave and they don't face the media. Neil faced the media every time and you got to give him credit for that. You know, I was in high school back then in 1984 uh, and I remember watching it on TV, but uh, a lot of the fans are my age, a little bit older or younger, I wish they, knew that about Neil because I, I don't think many do I think they just remember his his wrist kicks unfortunately
3: but I knew after my last year I think that was 85 I was done you know because my back was just just gave up on me a lot of our games were in the cold weather so it, it was tough so I went to the gym I said hey man just I can't do this anymore you know it's time
2: he'd be getting a lot of injuries I remember saying um remember mum, you know, with her nursing background, trying to diagnose over the phone and go to CX or go to a chiropractor. and I think he knew it was time. So I think it was good for both sides. And I think he was able to work with us. So yeah, got 11 years. You know, I've done well. Made a few quid and um, I've enjoyed it. It's been, it's been a buzz. It's been a great ride. And I think he could walk away without feeling... The rest of us were massively disappointed thinking for him, but I think he carried it a lot better. I think it didn't sit that uncomfortably with him. I think the, just the grind of rocking in and rocking out. And I think actually up in, um, as far as I recall, when he went up to St. Louis, I don't think he ever bought a house there. and the, He was basically renting a place or staying in hotels. So I think being away from the family didn't help, you know, occasionally his wife would come up. Um, so I think it was difficult, but I think he was happy to go on to the next stage, whatever the next stage was. I don't think there was any great plan, what that might look like.
0: You know, after that, the uh, owner wanted a new stadium. Uh, the team went on strike in 1987, uh, the, the players did. The team wasn't very good in 1985 and 86, and the relationship just deteriorated, and the team eventually moved to Arizona in 1988.
3: When I was in with the, the Bucks, I had bought a home down there, close to Clearwater Beach. In the off-season, I'd go back, uh, and then I'd do my workouts there, which is more compatible weather-wise. It's you know not better down there. But it was a different time because, you know, okay, what do you do now? you got a little bit of money in the bank but you got to you got to do something you know it's funny it's actually when when i left st louis about a year i think about a year after that they had a usfl i don't even recall Do you recall the usfl startup league and there was a team in tampa and they they wanted me to play there you know it was kind of like a uh, you know they're paying decent money like you know but uh they asked me to to play and i I don't know they convinced me to do it, you know? And I said, okay, I'll try it, you know? And uh, it was funny, the day day I signed the league folded, it was kind of like, it was like it was, but it would have been good because they didn't want me to come to, they didn't have to go to practice. I could do my two days a week there playing the game and that would have been a nice gig, you know? But the very day it was when the USFL folded, I don't know, it was probably 80, I don't know what year it would have been 86, 87 or something. But, uh, you know, I, I probably would have had a hard time getting back with my back in that, you know. But uh, it was enticing because it was kind of, for me, it was kind of a semi-job. Semi you know, I could go there two days a week kicking the games and, you know, pay me pay me halfway decent. So my main thing, I could have got into teaching, but, you know, the money wasn't there to, to what I needed to do. So uh, I sold cars. It wasn't a really good sell, but you learn how to do it when you're you know you're depending on making a living you do what you have to do but uh, i got good at it and i got a good following and the, the fact i played ball you know in tampa bay and they, they knew the name name recognitions was good so i worked in the same place probably about uh gosh 25 years and it was a good life you know i uh, put a lot of time in there i worked the dealership around the corner where i lived where the kids went to high school so I could follow them, you know, their sports, you know, their soccer, their swimming, whatever it was, I could I could be there, you know, I could take off. So I was pretty much my own man when I was selling, but, you know, you got to be there to sell. It was a transition, but you, know, you make it, you have to. I don't have regrets, you know, obviously I wish I'd kicked the ones that I missed and I think I gave it my all as far as working hard. I mean, I took it as a as a professional. Uh, I, that's the way I approached it. Worked at the mental side of the game as, as was the physical side, and uh, I thought I had I thought I had a good career considering where I came from. You know, would I go back and be better kicker now? Yes, but that's things you learn. You know, uh, it was just a different different game back then.
4: This is the exciting bit, like we are entering a period of uncharted territory for Irish in the sport of American football, specifically through the skill of kicking and punting.
1: The reason that we're doing this one-off, special podcast, special video as well, hi to everyone watching, um, is because that Dan Whelan, who actually came in and went up against O'Donnell for the job when O'Donnell was released yesterday, we would expect now that Whelan will make his debut in a regular season game for the Packers against the Bears next Sunday in doing so becoming the first active Irish-born NFL player in 38 years next week
0: sports news tonight I would be remiss if I did not mention star kicker and punter Daniel Whelan who graduated right here at Rancho Mirage High has officially signed with the Green Bay Packers he made the announcement today on Instagram Whelan made his pro football debut as a DC defender in the XFL back in February and ended the year being named the all XFL punter averaging 45.6 yards now he's on football's biggest stage so congrats to Daniel Whelan
4: the reason why it's happening now is just because a pathway is here. It exists, on, it exists on our island. It exists in the country. In the past, we look at Neil. You know, he obviously had to move to America for um, class to see Dan Whelan playing. Uh, but he moved to America when he was quite young. Whereas now we're seeing Irish guys who are identified in Ireland. They are trained in Ireland. And then from there, they can go to the US when they're ready and they're prepared. That's never been an option before. So... I think that's why, A, we're seeing such a enhanced interest in the sport is because, you know, it's it's happening on our shores, um, which is, again, the, that's been the, the point of difference. So we're not going to have to wait as long again to see another Irishman. We have Dan with the Packers at the minute, Dan Whelan. Um, but I'm really excited about seeing, you know, one of this current crop who are now playing college football, um, who are, as I said, Irish-born lads, raised in Ireland and they're trained in Ireland by an Irishman or by Irish people um, I think that's what's really unique and that's why again people are really engaging with the sport non-traditional fans of the sport but they're engaging because they see that wow this is realistic and there's a pathway and it's attainable whereas that wasn't the case prior and I mean if it was I would have loved to jump jumped on myself but look that's um, we live and we learn and thankfully it, it, it now exists so has there been huge kind of significant changes in like the technical side of the kicking and stuff like that. No, not really. When I was playing, the balls that we kicked
3: were brand new footballs. They'd come in, the referees come in before the game, they'd mark the ball, k kick, kicker, there's a brand new ball. Now these kickers have their own their own ball. They they got the same old ball. They go probably sleep at the goddamn thing, you know. I mean, that's, a, that's how they're hitting these 70 yard field goals. And that's not, you give them a brand new ball to kick, it's a totally different situation. You know, you'd never have that back in the day uh, because it was, a, you, you tell anybody, oh, I try kicking kick a new football and kick an old football, which go further, you know? So you know what you're dealing with. So that part of it's changed. I mean, uh, they're not any better. They're just, uh, they, they've got better, better techniques as far as uh, training and that. But, when I was coming up, there wasn't really a, a guy that could teach you how to kick. You know, I was kicking my size soccer style like you're playing a soccer game, you know. Now they're so highly technical, you know, because I wasn't around when I was there, you know. But, yeah, you know, they, they're,
4: they're, they're good kickers now, but they're no better than we were, you know. I truly believe is why we're seeing this growth is just because the opportunity exists here. Someone's opened the door a lot of people are doing like a lot of good work to try and create pathways and um, thankfully through leader kicking at least we've illustrated we can take a person that's never kicked in American football and get them a full division one scholarship inside a year. Now I truly believe hundreds of more Irishmen can walk this path. Like that's a big statement, but but I that's how ambitious I am because it could be done here. We're doing trainings in Dublin, we're Galway, Cork, we're everywhere. It's accessible. And that's that I think that's probably the biggest difference because we've always been extremely talented kickers of a ball here in Ireland it's just the American football hasn't really put in front of us to kick Um, or, or even if it was for the crack there was never really someone that could say hey that's actually really good these are the next steps you need to take to actually getting a scholarship which is worth a few hundred grand and if you perform there yeah maybe you do go into the pro ranks maybe you get a shot at the NFL so I think that's just the difference why we're seeing such an enhanced interest it's because the opportunity exists here and you know, Dan Whelan's there at the minute now with the, the Packers. There is now a pathway, and that's what makes all the difference. So, um, yeah, really exciting times. And, you know, a young fella growing up in rural Ireland kicking a Gaelic football, that skill could have him under the bright lights playing big-time college football in America maybe even go to the NFL. So, um, mad to think it's here. It's life-changing opportunity as a student, academically but also athletically, and to do some really big things and follow in Neil's footsteps to the NFL, hopefully one day.
3: The game hasn't changed as far as, you know, you go out to win a football game. It's all about winning games, you know, but, uh, you know, the press is always going to be on the kickers. That's never going to change. You know, I mean, that's your job. It's a very, very definite type of job. It's just, you know, it's like I said, there are are no gray areas, you know, when you're kicking. You, You either make it or you miss it. You know, there's, there's not it, nothing in between. You know, a good day is when you make it, the bad day is when you miss it. So, you know that. You know, I mean, mostly, most of these guys gone through college, uh, you know, years in the pro. So, that's part of how being successful or not being successful.
2: I think Neil was a, a kind of a natural in a way. He really could do anything. He never played golf. And he, when he started playing golf, he played it well. He just had that great touch and he just had. Could have played anything in my view. In fact, as kids, like uh, I would have played with Neil under 11, 12, minors, you just get the ball to him and just wait for things to happen, you know? I mean, there was one talk about old and young. When we played in Towers, senior, the great Packy McGarty lived in He was the greatest footballer never to win in ever twin in Ireland. He played for Leitrim, but everybody considered him to be the footballer of his generation. read the small shop. Grocery shop in Clendalkin. And so he joined TARS. It was like Messi coming to play, you know? I mean, it was incredible. Like, you know, playing. And, and Neil, when Neil would. They were just symbiotic. Some, like, he there was a kid and this, the old veteran, and they, you know, they could just play each other into space. But he had this ability to turn things around very quickly.
3: To this day, my greatest win was with Towers Under-13. There used to be a strong division, a weak division. And uh, we were in the weak division, then we got into the strong division. And we had to go to Ballyfermot to play them in the last game of the season to win. If we win, we won the, won the, the, the strong division. We did it and it was to to me it was a great, you know, a great achievement. Because we were scared going into Valley Fair. It was a tough place at back then, you know, you had to walk through you get the bus, you'd walk through the neighborhood, it'd be all screaming at you, you know. But uh to win there was, was huge. And uh I remember going back in the bus and Tommy can probably vouch to this that when we got to uh the top of New Road, Newland's uh Nakmina there, they had the uh and Pipe Band waiting for us. You know, I knew when you're 12 years old, having that and all the people are out and you know, they all knew about it. it was just a fantastic time. When you remember his career, you think about the overtime game against the Giants, he misses three
2: kicks in overtime that could have, you know, that could have in 83 that, you know, so they have a 20-20 tie and, you know, 83, the Giants were a good football team. So, you know. And then in 84, he, he tied the record, like a long-standing Cardinal record for most points scored in the season with 117. So it was an up and down ride for him throughout his NFL career. And, you know, as it is for a lot
0: of kickers.
5: My name is Tommy Kill. I'm from Round Tower GA Club Clondoggan. Carney returned to Clondoggan in uh, April 85 for a short period, for a holiday. And we brought him down to the club for a, an evening. But he was met by all the members who knew about his history and were looking for autographs. And he also got on the Late Late Show with Gay Bourne during the two weeks. So he crammed in a lot of uh, media and he got a lot of attention for his efforts in um, the American football.
2: In fairness, when he came home in the summers, you know, he would turn out for tires. I got him a couple of games in the club. They tried him and pulled back and were able because that was the safest place to play him, you know. We could catch it, kick. I mean, there was, I think we were playing black rock or something and they tried him out and I think he cut one ball and he kicked it and it went the other side of the pitch, you know. It's just incredible. And But he fell on a piece of glass. There was a piece of glass on the ground and he cut his knee and he said, oh my God, I can't, if I go back the Lance... Uh, you know, at the end of the summer and they, they, they check you out for injuries or anything. So I had to bring him into mince and get it stitched up. And he was trying to say, is there any way you can disguise the fact that it's stitched or, you know, we got him sort of anyway. I think they picked it up, but he didn't get a rap for it, you know.
5: Now, I also invited him to do a workshop on place kicking some, with some of our club members. And he did that one Friday evening down on the in the community centre passed on his experience to the Towers uh, Place Kickers so I got a thank you letter about two weeks later and some photographs from his American episodes Dear Tommy please excuse me writing on this cardboard but I am in a hurry to get this out to you I received your letter thanks for all your help the photos were great I really did enjoy my stay at home this year and I appreciate all that you personally and the club did for me. I hope that you enjoyed the enclosed information and photographs. If you need any more, just drop me a line. Thanks again and give my regards to everybody at the club. All the best. Corny out on
3: it's so different than here. You don't have the connection. I don't have the connections. My connections are still back there.
2: As we wrap up this podcast, we find Neil O'Donohue enjoying retirement in sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. The echoes of his powerful kicks still resonate in the NFL's history. In 2020, the football world lost a coaching legend Jim Hannafin Neil regrets not reaching out after his Cardinals career realising the importance of maintaining connections beyond the game Despite the miles Neil prioritises family regularly visiting his brother Coley in Ireland Thank you to our contributors Coley O'Donoghue Jeff Reinbold Tide Leader Bob Underwood Michael McQuaid Tommy Kyo, Bernie Cronin, and Corny himself. Corny was brought to you by Go Loud and is a Lachlan Hart production.